Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business podcast from the Business in Vancouver newspaper and from BIV.com. I'm Haley Wooden. Today on the show, the president and CEO of HP Canada joins me to talk about diversity in the workplace as well as the power of storytelling. Coming up this Thursday, we have our annual BC CFO Awards, where we will be honoring six outstanding chief financial officers from a variety of organizations in British Columbia. You can still get tickets up until Wednesday, June 5th. For more information on this year's honorees and for tickets, you can visit BIV.com slash events. And if you go to that website, you will also see that we have a number of other awards programs currently accepting nominations. This includes Influential Women in Business, BC CEO Awards, 40 Under 40, and a brand new awards program we have here at BIV called the BC CTO Awards. We're currently looking for nominations for chief technology officers or chief innovation officers, anyone who's really had a hand in the innovation and technology sector and is worthy of an award for their efforts. You can find out more information and submit nominations across these categories over at BIV.com events. My guest today will be in Vancouver this week for the world's largest conference on gender equality. At Women Deliver, Marianne Yule, CEO and President of HP Canada, will be discussing the power of storytelling and how technology can spark stories of advocacy. Marianne joins me on the show by phone today. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's great to meet you, Haley. It's nice to meet you too. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the following. How would you say the narrative or the story of gender equality in technology has changed over the years? Oh, it's significantly changed as organizations continue to value the unique qualities that a diverse uh, workforce brings to an organization to help compel it and propel it to reinvent itself and to stay ahead of trends and, and just plain simply because um, you know, a diverse workforce makes your organization better and you're better able to serve your customers and the people in which you engage with. So there's been lots of movement forward in that, just like every other industry. Um, but in technology, I'm super pleased to be working for HP. We have the most diverse board of directors in technology um, of a U.S. organization, which is amazing because then that sends a signal to the entire organization um, about the value of diversity and inclusion. Um, since I started my career, you know, there's been a, a change where um, more and more women are invited to participate in executive level uh, roles in the organization. It took some time for us to get there, um, but because technology is an up and coming um, and a, a new frontier, if you will, um, they were valuing everyone's um, diversity in their environment. Mm-hmm. And we're fortunate there's so much research out today that that speaks to the bottom line, so to speak, of why having a diverse and inclusive workforce makes good business sense. It's not either or. And I think that used to frame the debate going back however many years. What do you think differentiates HP Canada? You have a very diverse leadership team. What helped the company get to that point? Well, you know, HP Canada, we're, you know, we're kind of a leader in this area, you know, of my leadership team in Canada, um, half of them are women, which is amazing to me because, you know, we have just representation of the population at large in the Canadian leadership team in the company overall. Um, we do that because we consciously focus on um, recruiting and hiring 
talent and making sure that we're looking at talent so that we have a diverse work- workforce and that we have diversity in our um, different departments so that we have more, uh, so we have better contributions from people. And also when you have diversity and you are inclusive of the diversity in your work teams, people bring their authentic selves. They don't have to have this veneer that they're trying to accommodate um, expectations of a singular styled organization. You get to bring yourself. And when you bring yourself, you thrive. We all thrive when we are authentic selves and have an ability to bring our authentic voice to the table with all our ideas. People flourish. It makes people excited. Um, so we make sure that we do that and that we imbue it in an organization and we look at our talent. And if a team is heavily slanted in one direction or another as far as their diversity profile, we make sure we correct that. Um, we also are proactive in looking at talent that perhaps someone doesn't have the confidence yet or isn't um, putting themselves forward pers- you know, to pursue an advanced career opportunity or a lateral move into a different area where they don't have perhaps the right experience, they don't know if they fit, or the confidence. We as a leadership team also go solicit those people and say, hey, you know what, we're going to be doing this in this new team, and I think you'd be a great candidate for that. Why don't you apply for it? Even though they may not have considered themselves for it because they're not ready or they don't know that they're ready. So we have to proactively um, engage with people that we know are strong talent and and encourage them to step up into bigger and broader roles. And then when we do put them in those roles, we as leaders and as peers, we also have to then make sure that we take care of them so they can thrive because they're going to do something new and different. And we've asked them to participate in that. Now we have to make it safe for them to bring themselves and to learn on the job and to, you know, learn from failures and learn from new experiences so they can continue to move the business forward. And that's why it is better for the bottom line of companies. Looking at traditionally male-dominated industries like tech, go back a few years, there weren't any women, period, let alone women in leadership roles. And one thing we hear today from certain companies is that they'll say, well, we're, we'd love to hire more female talent. They're not at that experience level yet because they're a fairly new entrance to whichever industry. I'm curious whether you think that's a story we tell ourselves. Obviously, at HP Canada, you've found women, competent women, to fill your leadership roles. Is it an excuse that people say, or is it a real challenge to actually find female leaders for certain roles in certain industries? Um, I don't, how do I say this? I'm just going to be frank. I don't buy it. You have to make a concerted effort and you have to work at it. So, yes, you might put out that you have, you know, you put out a job on your website and your career section that you're hiring for the role and a whole bunch of people apply or men. But you can go back to your um, your recruiting agency and say, I want women in my portfolio. You have to make that statement out there so that people actually want to, they have to go work it. You know, so your recruiting team, you go, yeah, this is great. I, you know, asked for this role to be filled and you've given me 10 individuals that are all male. I'd like some women in that. We don't have any. Go find some. That's, a, that's what their job is. But you have to make people aware that that's what you want them to do. And then they will. But it takes effort. So you can't be passive about it and hope that it's just going to happen by magic. And then you also have to recognize that you're going to hire people that maybe don't have the perfect skill set fit that you think you need based on your lens. You might have to branch out a little bit and say, wow, this person has this great experience in a different industry, in a different field, and their skills are transferable, and they have got the right stuff. So we can train them and we can enable them to be successful. So you have to really work it. It's not just going to happen by magic. And I think it's a really easy thing to say, well, there just aren't enough qualified people, so I can't. I think that's a cop-out. Mm-hmm. I think we have a responsibility as leaders when we're hiring for roles to find the people and to make it an effort. Look around. 
look harder. You'll find people. I agree. There are more conversations happening now about companies signing on to gender equality pledges. They're looking to hire more diverse talent. Have we moved really into the action side of things? More talk going on, but are we seeing meaningful changes in the tech industry overall? I think lots of parts of the tech industry are seeing change. At HP, we're seeing it for sure. But we do training of all our managers on unconscious bias. Because mm. there is people, we're human beings, right? We have unconscious bias. But when you do training about it and you talk about it and you have people really start to analyze and become more self-aware of their own, you know, their biases, when you bring it to the forefront of your brain, you start becoming more, you know, you're aware of it. And therefore you second guess yourself perhaps. And I don't mean in a bad way. I mean, you just pause and kind of go, hey, am I looking at this through a biased lens? And if I am, what do I have to do differently? And we encourage, if you're not sure, go talk to your manager, go talk to your peer and say, hey, tell me what you think. Am I looking at it the wrong way? We have to, you know, we have a responsibility to ourselves as individuals, as human beings, to broaden our mindset and to um, make sure that we're, you know, that we are better aware and better equipped so that we're actually hiring the right people. So it's coming. Um, you know, I started in the industry a long time ago and it wasn't that way, right? We were... You know, the roles were different. But I remember really early in my career asking one of my leaders, like, hey, um, I don't see any female role models. And they said, well, what about so-and-so? You know, I'm like, well, that, that person's wonderful, but she's accounts payable supervisor. I'm talking about CEO. I'm talking about the VPs that all sit together in the executive room, in the executive meeting rooms, um, which kind of surprised them. Um, but that organization, you know, we had high growth, and I started to – put myself in some of those environments where I would say, you know, great idea, guys, but hey, what about this? I, I have a better idea. I have a new way of doing it. And when you do that, um, they start to not so much look at you as a woman who's coming up with a cute idea, maybe, but as a woman who's created business value. And then it doesn't matter that you're a woman. You're just creating business value. And then, they, you know, so we also, as women step up in those roles, we have to provide business value. We can't just assume that we've gotten there because they need to hire women in the role. Like we also have to add value to the organization. And as you add value to the organization, your gender becomes less and less um, something that people consider because you're actually just a really great worker and contributor to the company's success. Mm -hmm. I've heard it put too that women have to ask. You can't just sit back and wait for a promotion or wait for someone to give you an opportunity to contribute. You have to sort of take that leap of faith, have a little bit of courage, and start contributing. For sure. And when you're pursuing a role, oftentimes women think they need to have 100% of the skill set before they can apply for that next level promotion. You don't have to. You just mm -hmm. have to have the right stuff, that's the ability to learn and, and continue to evolve your knowledge and to add value. But go chase the job sell yourself in the role and then when you get there when your you know when your manager hires you for that role even though you don't have 100% of the skill set they know you've got the right stuff to learn if you're in that role and you go oh man i've overstepped i don't really know what i'm doing here and i'm or i don't have all the stuff i haven't figured out talk to your boss you can go to them and say you know what this new project that i'm on i get all this but this is an area i'm struggling with your boss wants to help you because they put you in the role so it's important for them to for their own benefit that you're successful so they're going to want to help you. And anytime you ask your boss for advice, everybody's got lots of advice. They're going to give you <laughs> advice and they're going to want to encourage to help you. But you have to ask. You have to step up. And you have to be a little bit bossy and a little bit pushy. And I think that younger women have got that going on because you, you, know, you grew up in a different world where some things have already started to shift and evolve. Um, I, but we still have to 
really put ourselves out there. And like you said, ask for it or take it mm-hmm. even more aggressively, if you will. Yeah, that's all, a, all a with good niceness and, you know, right? Go get it. <laughs> so without a female CEO to turn to, who were your mentors? Who were your role models? How did you learn some of the strategies that contributed to your success? Oh, that's a great question. I think role models um, are everyone. Someone thinks that, you know, because you're a woman in leadership, you need to have other women as role models. And that'd be nice if there was a whole bunch of us. We're still getting there. Um, I think the opportunities that you look at um, male leaders, you look at male peers, female peers, anywhere, and see things that are really good things that they do and just emulate them. So it doesn't have to be that I need to find a woman because then you're also limiting yourself, right? What am I going to go? I'm, I need to go find a blonde woman that's going to be my mentor. Right? That really <laughs> limits my scope as a blonde woman. I, you know, so if I meet a, a man or a woman or anybody for any anywhere on earth or any sort of background, if they're doing some really cool stuff or some really innovative things, I'm just going to take advantage of that and learn from that. So don't limit yourself to that. Now, does it help when I'm in a room and there's other women there and we can have a conversation that's different? Sure. It's great because we relate differently, right? We all... We have girlfriends on, you know, as women, we have girlfriends on purpose because we hang out with them and we get each other and we, you know, there's something about the commonality of being female. Um, so I, I seek those people out. I cultivate relationships wherever I can, um, both men and women. It can be daunting for a woman to find herself as the only female voice in a boardroom. Can it be an opportunity as well? Can women maybe sort of flip the script on its head and say, you know what, I might be the only woman here for now, but it puts me in a position to contribute a different perspective. Maybe it's an opportunity. Maybe it leads to more attention and more opportunities. Absolutely. Um, you're the first that's ever asked me that, but that's actually been an experience that I've had. I mean, I worked for one company where I was one, uh, two, only two women in a room of a hundred men on this global task force thing. And when I spoke up and asked questions and contributed to the dialogue, Everyone stopped to listen because I was this curiosity. You know, oh, this woman is speaking. I better listen. This is interesting because I'm different. So I thought, okay, I can use my gender to my advantage. So I, women tend to, not always, but, you know, women tend to collaborate well. Women tend to have, um, they listen to other people's opinions. And then based on that, they'll form, you know, really good in, insights. So that is our natural advantage. I would never suggest a woman in a boardroom says, excuse me, because I'm a woman, I see things differently, and therefore this is a different answer. That's, I don't think that's cool. Um, but your gender in a room, will you'll be people will be interested in hearing what you say. You will feel a strong sense of responsibility to the entire planet of women, you know, half the population, because now you're representing all of them somehow. Um, so you've got to know your stuff, and you've got to be able to contribute. Um, but they will listen and, and and again, if you um, come forward with good insights and good ideas and you're delivering value and you're adding business value, everybody's happy that you're there. But mm-hmm. use it to your advantage, for sure. And right now is a great time for women because there is so much discussion about women and, and the requirement for women on boards and the requirement for diversity in organizations. Take advantage of it right now because it is a great opportunity for women to be able to put themselves in those opportunities because everyone's looking for diversity. Everybody's talking about it. And now you need to just go out and put yourself out there and go get it because they want to get you. 
Yeah. I know of a, a local CEO in the manufacturing industry, very male-dominated industry here in Vancouver. She's mm-hmm. one of a handful. She might be the only one, certainly the only one I can think of right now. And she gets asked all the time to participate in government government announcements, to be a speaker, to be that diverse voice. And right. she loves it. She's traveled all over the world. It's been great for her business. She's essentially a, a brand ambassador for her company. And she's very well. She does very well at it. So it, it's been an asset. Someone could look at that and say, you know, I don't want to be this token. You can say, well, this is the way things are now. I'm going to use it to my advantage. Why not? Right. And it's not tokenism because this woman is accomplished. She's smart and strong and capable. And, and yes, are they using her to put her on a panel so it looks like there's more people there for sure? Great. But you then have a platform. You now have an opportunity to espouse the messages that you want around your business or whatever you know you do for a living. But you also have the opportunity to talk about the factors of responsibility, you know, depending on the panel or the group that you're on, about the, the fact that there's more and more women. The fact that, you know, kudos to all these organizations that are hiring more women. This you can also use that to propel a message. Mm-hmm. What kinds of messages and stories would you say we need to hear more of when it comes to this topic? Uh, I think more of stories of women and how they got there so that, you know, new women as they rise up can um, learn from that and take advantage of um, nuggets that they can then apply in their own environment. Stories of men that have promoted women and why it's been really great for their organization so that, again, other men can see those male role models that are hiring and promoting women and other women can see that there are lots of great men out there that are, that are looking to work with women in roles. Um, I think, yeah, that's kind of the top of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is an important component, right? Again, if we're talking about a male-dominated industry, the people making hiring decisions traditionally are men. So you can have women getting together and supporting women, but ultimately you need everyone to sort of get behind the idea that we need more diverse right. workplaces. Exactly. So, it, it, I mean, it's a great time. It's lots of fun. <laughs> so when you're but hearing... I tell, whenever I tell my story, like I'm... When I speak, you know, I'm invited to speak a lot about my, my career path that I get here. Every time I do that, I have tons of people reach out to me. And that's the other thing I would encourage, you know, women to do. When you meet somebody and you say, wow, like that person's got it going on. I could learn from them. You can send them a note. I never turn somebody down. I get a phone call or they'll give me their card or they'll say, hey, can I talk to you? I'll take a 20-minute call with anybody, pretty much. Um, and, you know, young women that ask me advice, like, you know, have a situation. I don't know what to do with this environment. And I'll have those conversations because that's what we, I think, in the industry, women in leadership roles have a duty to do. We have a responsibility and a duty to help um, help other women grow in their careers, young women advance in their careers. What would be some lessons you've learned from your career that you would maybe commonly pass on to people looking for some guidance to rise through the ranks? Uh, well, I'm a big fan of work hard. I mean, it sounds really, you know, no kidding, Marianne, but it's a fact. <laughs> work hard uh, and deliver value because once you do that, you have credibility, right? And then you will have more people, you know, consider you and you'll be more successful. Um, don't be afraid. Have the courage. Sometimes you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone and say something out loud that you may not think is um, the right answer or, oh, I don't know, why should I say that? You know, it looks like these smart guys should know all this already. Just step up, have the courage to say it, you know, formulate your thoughts, make sure you've got, you know, the right ideas and data-driven information, but put it out there. You have to have courage. 
um, it's step up into a role. Sometimes you will take a role. I took one, one of my first roles as a director in a company. I was called upon to do a, a project and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I went home and I was terrified. I thought, wow, I'm not really a director. I kind of, maybe I oversold myself and I got this job. And, you know, so I held this self down. I thought, no way, just soldier through it and you'll be fine. So it's, it's courage and being authentic and allowing yourself to feel vulnerable. Because once you tolerate the feeling of vulnerability, um, and that's the biggest challenge about being vulnerable, is just tolerating it. You won't die if you're vulnerable. You'll just be out there. And once you feel, you know how to make that feeling normal, then you'll be able to put yourself out there more and more. So you just have to practice that, that skill, that muscle. Yeah, it touches on... Yeah, and then fake it till you make it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it touches on imposter syndrome, which I've heard from female leaders. They're completely capable of tackling whichever role they've been given, but they don't feel like they've earned it, which sounds crazy, but I think is a very relatable feeling for a lot of women who have either taken a role or been promoted into one, but something that I guess you do have to soldier through, as you said. Yeah, and, if you sold, and it's, part of it comes from that thing I said earlier, where you think you have to have 100% knowledge of everything you're doing in order to think that you've earned the job. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know everything. You're not going to know everything. So it is soldiering through, tolerating the feeling, just go and get it done and figure it out. And most women, most people just do that. You do figure it out when you're in those situations. So, Marianne, when you're here, you've earned it. Yeah. When you're here in Vancouver, you're leading a roundtable discussion on the power of storytelling. What are, what's one thing or a couple things you hope that participants take away from the conversations and stories you'll be sharing? Well, I hope that the stories will, and I'm sure that they will, they will continue to spark advocacy. Right? They'll tell their authentic story of what they're doing, where they're going, where they've been, where they're journeying, and that others in the audience and articles like you're writing, people will, uh, it will spark um, and continue the momentum of advocacy of women and diversity and inclusion in, in work environments. Sounds like it'll be a great event that's happening June 4th at Women Deliver. Marianne, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate getting your insights on this. It's great speaking with you. Thanks so much. And best of luck to you, Haley. Thank you very much. That's Marianne Yule, CEO and President at HP Canada. That's it for our show. Thanks for listening to BIV Today. You can get notified of new episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes or on Stitcher. You can also listen to all of our episodes over at BIV.com slash audio. For more business news, visit BIV.com. I'm Haley Wooden. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>